Ladies and gentlemen, warning, spoilers ahead. Hey, Joe. What are you growling at? Delaney, and welcome to Fred Watch, where we view and review films, everything from the mainstream to the obscure. Well, welcome to this year's Halloween special. Ooh. Phil's not with me today, but joining me this Halloween is guest reviewer and horror movie buff, Kendall Richardson. Yay! Yay. Hello, thank you so much for having me. Anytime, Kendall, because I know, just like me, whenever a horror movie is played, you're here. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> and I'm always down, always here for that, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, it's been, gosh, a year since our last Halloween special. Mm-hmm. So we're back at it. Mm-hmm. But let's think now warm and fuzzy things. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, Kendall, just curious, mm-hmm. did you have any pets growing up? Yes, I did. Yes, what were your pets like? Well, they were beautiful from what I remember because um, in my early life very you know a couple of first years toddler life that I barely remember I had a couple of cats both of them sadly met untimely ends from what mum and dad have told me but then we were blessed with a beautiful blue Burmese by the name of Simba lovely in 1994 and Simba was with us uh, up until his death in gosh would have been like 2011 2012 okay so he lived Nearly 18 years. Did a good run? Absolutely good run. And he was so affectionate, so warm. And, mm. you know, I, you know, many, many nights with him in the bed, just, you know, snuggled up on my, my neck, on my head, on the pillow, yes. you know, and we used to chase each other around the house. And oh, gorgeous. Yeah. And me and my brother Jordan as well. And yeah, mum adored him because, you know, she spent, when we were at school and dad's at work, you mm. know, um, he was her company and they <laughs> yes. had a lovely little relationship. And I, yeah, I'm miss him so much yeah he was but he was he was beautiful and made childhood that much extra special oh yeah our childhood pets are so significant to mm-hmm. our growing up aren't they, they really and are. you know you're right they're just the best company they're just mm. little furballs that just give you unconditional love yes yes i grew up with a bit of a menagerie <laughs> <laughs> predominantly dad always had a lot of birds uh galahs were his go-to so we grew up with galahs a lot mm. there was always a dog around for most of my childhood oh, yes yeah, so the last dog we had was a german shepherd oh, wow. uh which unfortunately bit <laughs> my cousin didn't like my cousin <laughs> Oh. bit him and the uh the german shepherd uh was uh, sent to a farm okay yes and i'm sure that that's a real farm not a not, not, not a metaphorical that's one not a euphemism. No, no no look that's the story i've believed for my entire life i'm not going to to, to change that now Please, there's no other story no there that's, is no other story. story um as an adult though i've become very much a cat person Yay. 
and have a beautiful tortoise shell by the name of Gypsy, mm. and she is my world. She gets cranky at me sometimes, <laughs> but she gives me lots of gorgeous meows pose mm. and lets me rub her belly every now and then mm. um, my favorite thing though is greeting her and we rub noses <laughs> which is really cute and really That's sweet so cute. yeah so you know sometimes when we're in this time of year and thinking about scary stories and horror movies and things like that it's nice to know that at least we can always rely on our fur babies yes. to look after us yes, we can. and give us gorgeous cuddles, mm. unconditional love. Mm. We're safe with our fur babies, wouldn't you agree, Kendall? We are. Yes. So, on a totally unrelated topic, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm. today's film is the 1983 adaptation of Stephen King's Cujo. Please explain. Having taken their car for repair, Donna Trenton, Dee Wallace, and her young son, Tad, Danny Pintoro, encounter the mechanic's rabid St. Bernard, whose increasingly aggressive behaviour confines them to the vehicle and looking for a means of escaping alive. Met with mixed reviews and earning modest commercial success at the time of release, author Stephen King regards Lewis Tague's film as a terrific adaptation of the original text. But Kendall, did you feel the bite of Cujo? Oh, yes, I, I think I did. It did take me a while to jive with what kind of story this film was what kind of horror story this Mm. is and where it was going what it was leading to because the first half of the film is so different from the second half yeah absolutely very they're they're disjointed but they're also very connected yes um yeah and oh my goodness i just love the fact that we've gone from talking about our childhood pets and now (laughs) here we are talking about like the iconic pop culture pet of horror figure Cujo. Absolutely. Who mm. is someone's pet in this movie very is true. a very loved pet. Yes. Uh, we've got the character of Brett who mm-hmm. Cujo is his childhood dog. Yeah. You know? So <laughs> it's it's interesting because Cujo is seen upon with much love and affection from mm. one of the characters. Doesn't have a major role in this film, but there is that lovely connection there. Yeah. And Cujo doesn't harm this particular boy. No. But does want to harm another one. Yes. <laughs> yes, but maybe we'll get into the characters that little bit later. We will. I'm glad that you touched upon the story structure mm-hmm. because it's so vital, obviously, to any movie, but it's quite interesting in this particular story here yep. because it's true. It's like two really distinctive pieces Mm. isn't it Mm -hmm. we've got the first half which sets up the family dynamics and character dynamics here there's a lot of layering of plot yes and then the second half we go full steam ahead really into the typical person versus beast trope yes and that's when we really know we're in this horror movie this this thriller Mm where there's little hints that things aren't quite right Mm. set up in the first half Mm -hmm. Cujo gets bitten by a rabid bat, Mm. what, two minutes (laughs) into the film? Yes. And we see this slow depletion of his physical, mental, behavioral Mm -hmm. state. It's progressive. So I do actually like that myself, that it doesn't just say, oh, look, he's been bitten by a rabid bat. Now he's absolutely feral. Mm. No, it's a progressive, Mm. progressive thing. So as this progression happens, we're then introduced to the world that Cujo a part of Mm -hmm. we've got his family and we've got our protagonist's family Mm -hmm. the trentons yes so a lot of time is spent with the trentons we've got donna we've got vic and their gorgeous little boy tad Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, what were your thoughts on these characters and how they fit into this story 
Yeah, I don't know. It's just because the I, I this is my first time ever watching this film, mm. so I didn't uh, I didn't have any kind of idea that it was going to be such a a big setup for for this payoff of when Cujo finally strikes. Yeah, you know, and comes into direct contact with our protagonists. But I do really like the story that we have at the start, and you know, because I mean, usually as a as a horror fan, I love it when things get straight to the yeah. go straight for the jugular yeah it, it, know, it, it, literally it, and metaphorically it, it's what it's what we you know pay our money at the box office for yeah you know. yeah yeah so i'm i'm definitely a fan of that stuff but you know slow burn storytelling is when it's done well and right it works mm. very effectively and i think the film does a really good job of, of getting you invested in these characters yeah. they're all very likable people yes the trentons i think even though they're not without their flaws. Yes. Especially uh, Donna. Yes. You know, as we learn, she's being unfaithful to her husband, Vic. And, yeah. And he knows something's up, but he doesn't yes. know what. And she's yeah. being distant. And it's it's all very sad. But they both have this beautiful affection and love for, for Tad. Their, <laughs> yes. their gorgeous son, <laughs> who is just phenomenal. Yes. And breaks my heart in this film. And yeah. I was so concerned. I didn't know where he was going to end up by the time the credits rolled. But, yeah. but just watching him... Just in his opening scene where he's, you know, I remember doing that as a kid. Yes. The, the turning the light off and running to the bed. Yes. I, I, even though my room was probably half the size of his. Because, yeah. you know, it's a movie bedroom. And it's an American <laughs> bedroom too. They're large. Exactly. And plus that house was huge. Yes, huge. yes. But just, I love the suspense that was built in those moments. And mm. then just the fact that even after he screamed and his parents come to the rescue, usually everything's fine. Yeah. But then... He, he, what, I forget the line he says, but, you know, he remarks like, you know, Mostens aren't real except for the one that's in my closet. That's right. Yes. I love, I love that scene and the way it built that. And part of me was kind of, I don't know. I didn't know if Cujo was just a rabid dog. So it was a medical issue or mm. if, uh, because it's Stephen King, I, yes. I was wondering if there was going to be a supernatural connection. Maybe, maybe Cujo was going to appear in the closet or something. It's kind of the vibe I I was kind of thinking with that. Well, it plays with that a little bit, doesn't Mm. it? Because when Tad describes the monster, he describes, you know, eyes Mm -hmm. and teeth and, and the noise one could argue sounds a bit like a A moaning or a howling dog. So it's definitely linking or foreshadowing Mm -hmm. what Tad will experience later later because there's such an emphasis of monsters aren't real Mm -hmm. and there's special words you say to get rid of monsters yes just in case just in case (laughs) which is gorgeous it's so gorgeous i really i really like that so i'm kind of i can kind of forgive it not going down this supernatural route just Mm. because of it's we've established his fear yes um which is you know he he believes in these monsters actually existing. Yeah. Even though his parents are just, you know, his heroes, especially his dad. Yes. I love the bond he has with Vic. It's, yes. It's wonderful. But I, I love that the fact that it's the in the ending, you know, in the well, the final act when Cujo attacks and they're in the car and yes. just the level of fear you yes. see from Tad because now something is actually really trying to attack him. Absolutely. And even though he, it's a dog, he just, it's a monster to oh, him. Oh, absolutely. It's his worst yes. fears realized. Yes. And so watching him basically be so traumatized and, and to go through such an ordeal not only affects 
affects me as a as an audience member just watching this you know it yeah it's awful because it's a kid but then it's also extra awful because you've they they spent the first mm. half of the film building him up as this you know character who has these uh, irrational fears yeah and then when they come to fruition it i think it adds and because he's so good the the actor yes. um is uh Danny Pintoro is so good at the way the way yes. they or even the you know how that he was directed or any like it, it comes just, together it, so it, it well it comes together very well it's very yeah. effective very powerful and yeah. i i felt kind of extra for him oh it was so well done like yeah. that final act especially yeah and i think when people think about the film cujo they do think about that final act yeah. um you're right danny's performance is just absolutely amazing yeah wonderful um when we think about as well rational fears they're suddenly more than rational in that final mm-hmm. act as well that's true talked a little bit about and mentioned the, the there's this special you know limerick that his father says to get rid of all the monsters in yeah. his bedroom and so forth yeah. and because his father is away on a business trip they're handwritten mm. i love the way that these this note is introduced originally it's tacked onto his wardrobe door mm-hmm. and then we see him holding them when he's in the car yeah so they're really special and significant to him this will protect him yeah it's like a shield yes because even when donna says, you know, let me have a look at that. He's reluctant to give it to his yeah. own mother. Yeah. This is so fascinating to me when we look at the gender dynamics within this film mm-hmm. because the mother is always presented as the protector. Mm-hmm. We always have the father figure as the provider mm. and men are always portrayed stronger in every way than women are mm. except when it comes to fending for their children. Mm. So this is fascinating that the angle here is that Tad feels more protected with his father's words handwritten there on this note. What I also love is there's this terrifying moment in the film when Cujo is physically in the car and he's Mm. on top of Donna and he bites her. Yeah. We cut to Tad who is, you know, cowling in the back. He's terrified. He's clutching onto the folded bit of paper. That is absolutely Mm. gorgeous. He Mm -hmm. is scared, but still feels this level of protection, if you will, because of this handwritten note that, that he has and that keeps the monsters away. His irrational fear, what's in his imagination is a reality and it's the yeah. only yeah. thing that is keeping him safe even though he's screaming mm-hmm. and he's crying mm. it is such an amazing image that's presented here it's so striking yes um how does it come across when like for you mm. uh in re- relation to that um and how you know he views this piece of paper as opposed to his own mother and then we see him basically beg for his dad yeah i want my daddy i want my daddy i want my daddy and then and then donna loses it and says i'll go get your daddy (laughs) absolutely like like that that part of me just wonders if it's if if that's him rejecting her as Mm. the protective figure in this situation or if it's just because of the connection that Tad has with the letter and the fact that it's his father's handwriting is his father's words. Yeah. His father is always the one that does the inspection of the closet, says the words out loud. Yeah. So is it, is it an unintentional slight of Donna, do you think, or do you, or how do you perceive that? Yeah. Well, the way that I look at it, I mean, it is set up at the beginning about how Vic is the one who is the protector yeah, here yeah. because he goes to dad. He's really always excited to see dad. Mm-hmm. And this is perhaps quite common amongst young children because in this setup that we have here, mm. 
in a traditional, if we want to call it traditional now anyway, mm. uh, manner is that we have the father goes off and works, yes. the mother stays at home and looks after the child. Yes. So because the father is not seen as often, there's always more excitement seeing around the father. Uh, I, can, I can relate to that. It was yeah. the same dynamic for me growing up yeah. actually. Like, you know, I love both my parents of equally, course. of course, but I just remember being so excited when 5, 5.30 would roll around yeah. and dad would walk through the door. And dad comes home. So I understand Yeah, that. absolutely. That. Yeah. Um, what I think though is that the dynamics and the relationships between these three characters is emphasized and is actually quite multi-layered because we do want to present this uh, image of masculinity i suppose it's really fascinating because we've got vic who is quite a traditional man if you will in terms of that you know he he's well educated he goes out he provides for his family as you said the house is huge Mm. there's only three of them Mm. (laughs) you know uh, he, he works in a really good job he's he's creative He's fit. He's a good-looking young yeah, man. Yeah. He loves his wife. Mm-hmm. But he's also quite sensitive. He is. Is this one of the only films, really, where when a man discovers that his wife is having an affair, does not scream at her? No. Does not physically attack her, perhaps? No. And does not go and attack the other man? No. There's anger. Yeah. There's pain. There's mm-hmm. resentment. All of these things. Vic is a fascinating character to he me. He is. And we can see that Tad is actually quite sensitive himself. Mm-hmm. He cries a lot. He you does. know, he's afraid of, of lots of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he doesn't particularly even like going to the summer day camp that he's going no, to. No. Uh, but his parents don't discourage him being in touch with his feelings. No, no, no. Vic, does never, there's never a scene of him trying to encourage Tad to man up. No. Or to, you know, stop crying. It's not yes. going to fix anything. Like, any, nothing kind of like that. Yeah. And I just got to have... I just got to say that I just really love the fact that this is a horror film and yes, it's a Stephen King adaptation, Yeah. but I just love how three-dimensional these characters are Yes. and how much we go into them. So I can, I, like I've said, I can forgive the, the kind of split in the, the two halves just yeah. because I really love the time and detail and uh, spent with these characters and developing them. And yeah, it just, I feel like it improves the film and it makes Cujo a much better film than it necessarily would be on first glance. Just yeah. like, you know, because you're thinking it's a Stephen King horror, maybe it's just going to be, and it's about a rabid dog. Like, <laughs> yeah. There's that, not much to it, but no. then they've given it this layer that I just really love. Yeah, it. it's got these extra dimensions to it. Yeah. And yeah, that opening bit, you know, the first half is really setting up a lot of plot points because we have to say, okay, for Vic to eventually go to the mechanics. Yeah. A lot of things have to happen for him to deduct that that's where Donna and Tad are. Yeah, yeah. Um, But to even go further on with the, I guess, the dynamics between Tad and his parents, I wonder if the dynamic between Tad and Donna tries to reiterate a horror trope. Mm. So traditionally in horror movies when a woman is promiscuous Mm. she dies and as soon (laughs) as i we got that scene of her you know sitting up in the bed and yeah i was just like well i guess she's dying yeah you're you're gone Uh, yeah straight away (laughs) absolutely i love donna as a character because she is so flawed Mm. i think it's so brave to not present her as the perfect mother. Yeah. I love this yeah. so much. She is a relatable human. Yeah. She loses her temper with Tad. She's not perfect. No. She's been weak and she's cheated on her husband, mm-hmm. but she still cares for him. Mm-hmm. She still cares for the family. Yes. So as a narrative trope, how do we make Donna redeemed? 
We punish her a lot. Yeah. Why and how? She has the perfect husband.、Mm-hmm. She has an incredibly intelligent and sensitive young boy.、Mm. She gets locked in a car with a rabid dog. The heat is rising. It's、mm-hmm. summer.、Mm-hmm. They're dehydrating. They're there for a few days. Yeah. And she has to own it. Yeah. She gets bitten by Cujo.、Yeah. Let's not forget that by the end of the film, she has still been bitten by a rabid dog. Yeah, yeah. The story continues for her. She does not get off.、No. She's you know repenting and she is she she's paying her penance really、mm-hmm. through this.、Mm. So also to have Tad really idolize his father more、mm. and not acknowledge Donna as the protector、mm. that. Most women who have children are of their offspring.、Mm. Is another gut punch for her. Yeah, it's another yeah. punishment. Yeah, it's reiterating her flaws、mm. as as a human. She's a fascinating character、mm-hmm. and so fully fleshed out. Yeah, by moral standards, if we want to put in our moral caps on, because we're all perfect, <laughs> she's done messed up. Yeah, 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 yeah. But she is so likable. Yes, she I is. I am always on her side. Yeah, me too. I am always on Vic's side.、Mm-hmm. I am always cheering for Tad. Yeah, yeah. That is so difficult to do. Yeah. And in a horror movie, especially. I was going to say, because、especially. it's about setting up your characters and then having the fun of seeing who makes it out alive,、mm-hmm. who doesn't survive,、mm-hmm. and having us, more importantly, say to ourselves. What would we do in that situation? Yeah, I don't know if I could be as brave as Donna. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's no, it's really fascinating. It is. We've got the Trentons who are so fleshed out. So much time again is spent on them. We can't reiterate enough how much time is spent <laughs>、no. on them. And this is probably a critique that people will have and a criticism people have of this film.、Mm-hmm. And look, that's justifiable. It's probably.、Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe the payoff isn't worth it for some.、Mm. I'm sensing Kendall that for you and myself, it did well. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got that trope there with the Trentons, but we've also got the Cambers, who are the mechanics.、Mm-hmm. So we've got the father figure, the main mechanic, who not really a lovely guy. Good old Joe, no, Joe. played by Ed Lauter.、Mm-hmm. What were your thoughts on the character of Joe Camber? He just seemed to be a kind of two-dimensional, stereotypical horror movie kind of hillbilly.、Mm. You know, not really, not really much to him. Just a, a supporting character that's there to completely drive the plot forward. Absolutely, or to be killed. Yes, and in this film we have both. Yes, he. I mean, he is necessary. Yeah. To the story, really,、mm. because he's Cujo's owner. Yes, <laughs> you know, he is, and we、yeah. need a reason for Donna and Tad to be there. We do, but we don't paint him as being sympathetic. No, and no. yeah. So, did you get a sense of what the family life was like? Again, we know what it's like with the Trentons. We spend、mm. a lot of time there.、Mm-hmm. I feel like we spend enough time at the Cambers just to sort of get an idea.、Mm-hmm. It's not middle class America. No, no, no.、Uh, you know, his wife. Charity is very diminutive, I suppose. Yeah, you know, yeah. quite passive. Yes. Total opposite to Donna. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And their son Brett is—he's he's a lovely boy. Yeah, yeah very likable. Yeah, he's—he's—he's—you know—he cares for Cujo.、Mm-hmm. He cares about his mum as well.、Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's really lovely with Tad as well. So when you know Tad's over there and meets Cujo for the very first time,、mm-hmm. so we do get a sense that mother and son in this family have a strong bond. They do. Quite the contrast, yes, to the Trentons. It's a very good contrast. Yeah, and we've got Joe, 
who is a provider, mm. works really hard. Yeah. But we do sense that typical trope of blue collared and working class people is that he's really rough around the edges yeah. and probably not the nicest to his wife, especially. No. We imagine. No, no. So we can get a sense of what the home life is like because when she wins the lottery mm. and makes that suggestion of, look, I've bought you a present. I'd like a present where Brett and myself go over to my sister's for a week. Yeah. She's not coming back. Yeah. She, oh. She packs the photo albums. I love that. You know? That was so subtle. Yeah. And like, it was beautiful. It spoke a lot. And that desperation in her voice mm. when she stops Brett from going over to Joe to ask about Cujo. She's like, yeah. oh, no, save it for the phone call. Yeah. Is it? it was so, it's such a beautifully played moment. It is, yeah. And like you say, they're two dimensional characters. I mean, there's a bit of depth in there. You have to look for it, though. Yeah, you I think. Do, yeah. But I think there's enough. There's enough. There yes. really is enough because it then wants to paint Joe yeah. more aggressively exactly. than what the film depicts exactly. so that his death is a lot more rewarding for us yeah. because we love seeing the jokes die. Let's we be do. honest. We do, we do. Yeah. But then even with his with his death scene, I mm. still felt sorry for him. You did. I did a little I mean okay. not like not like hugely yeah. because like I mean Because look, he's still a human being. He didn't deserve that. I mean, no. but and, you know, in terms of a horror film, he, well, of course he was going to die, but yeah. but just the fact that he's he's come upon mm. the dead body of of his best of mate, his best friend. Only time we see emotion. Yeah. When yeah. his bestie is dead. Yeah. Only time that we get a sense yeah. that he actually has feelings. Yeah. Yeah. That's true, and that you know that's that's awful that it has to be the best friend for for us to see that side of him. Oh, reinforces this sort of misogynistic view he yeah, must have. Definitely. This patriarchal view. Oh well, maybe I don't feel as sorry for him now. <laughs> but, but just the, they really did a really nice job of, and that's what I really like when in in films like this where you have these tough guys, you have these yeah. masculine figures that are jerks, misogynists of the like, etc. And then they, you see them in their final moments mm. and all of that gets stripped away and they're just scared. Absolutely. And the look on his face, the way, yeah, the way that Ed Lauter portrayed that in the brief moments. Yes. I was very impressed. Yes. A wonderful actor, actually. Yeah. Really. You yeah. get a lot about his character mm -hmm. from the performance, which is For just sure. really, really strong. Yeah. One of the things I think as well in looking at the Cambros is they provide a lovely contrast to the Trentons. Yes. So if we want to really reiterate that Donna is not perfect or that she is flawed, mm -hmm. we compare her to charity mm. and Brett, mm -hmm. that relationship, because isn't that the ideal? She's leaving her husband to protect not only herself, but her son. Mm -hmm. Donna, on the other hand, is threatening the family for her self interests and not thinking about her child. Yeah. And of course, whenever women are behaving in a way that is not maternal, mm. they're obviously monsters, <laughs> you know, because... We have expectations of women, mothers especially, mm -hmm. that are almost impossible to maintain. Mm -hmm. But we do that and we see it played out in this movie. And it makes Donna's redemption, I suppose, more rewarding. Yeah. Or more necessary, perhaps. Definitely more necessary, I think. Because she, yeah, she... She goes for it. She really... I mean, there's no doubt that she loves Tad. Oh, yeah. That's never in question. No, never, never, never. But I suppose for her to be truly redeemed, mm. 
gosh, she goes through. She, <laughs> she goes through it all, doesn't she? She, she really does. Yeah. Oh, it's it's quite, yeah it's quite remarkable I think I mean yeah. again it comes down a lot to performance it does um, there's a lot of elements in this film that really make that second half work so well mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. a lot of it does come as well from the time we spend with this family mm. because you're either on their side or you're not like let's be honest yeah and I think that the fact that it takes it's time to introduce and for us to really care about Mm. this family to Mm -hmm. understand what, you know, where they're at and why they are, wherever they are in the second half. It just makes it make more sense. It's like anything that you kind of go, well, this is illogical. This isn't logical. All makes sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel like the the movie works so much better in hindsight Mm. because like if you're watching it for the first time, yeah, because we kept going from the Trenton storyline and then cutting to glimpses of Cujo and how he's progressing his condition and worsening and worsening. And uh, the more cuts to him, uh, to Kujo, I was thinking, okay, is this when he attacks? Is yeah. this when he attacks? They kept really drawing that out. And so I was like, okay, I really just want it to, <laughs> Let's get want to, it it. to happen. Yeah. But, then, but then I'm looking back on the film as a whole now and I'm just thinking, well, I, th- I think that works because yeah. of how much time mm-hmm. we get with just Donna and Tad yes, and Cujo. Absolutely. And how harrowing that ordeal is yeah. and how stressful it is. It's I and it's just I don't know, the way it's done, the just the intimacy of the shots, mm-hmm. the close ups, like it's just all it's all very effective and very powerful. So like I've said, I can I really can just forgive the slow burn of it all. Yeah. Because yeah, I think I do believe the payoff's worth it. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. And I think even in that second half when we've got Donna and Tad in the car, we cut away every now and then to what else is happening yeah. because we're seeing Vic's progress yes. throughout because, you know, he's got this red herring, I mm-hmm. suppose, yeah. about, oh, you know, did Steve kidnap his wife and yeah, child? And yeah. Because, again, it has to make sense for Vic to come in the end. Yes. For him to just have that light bulb moment, oh, she's still at Joe's. It doesn't make sense, yeah, really, yeah, you know, yeah, because yeah. there's such problems in the marriage, in mm-hmm. the family. He's got problems at work. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of pressure on these characters yes. building up. So there's emotional problems. There, There's relationship problems. There's physical problems now. Mm. It's all building up almost like a pressure cooker at the end. Yeah. And that pressure cooker there is represented by that yellow Ford. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And are Donna and Tad cooking in that thing? Absolutely. They cooking. absolutely are. Mm. And we see Cujo's depletion as the film progresses. We see pus. Mm. We see mucus. We see yeah. blood. We see saliva. Oh, it really becomes quite grotesque it, by the end of it. Yeah, and does. when we think about that, it, this film is, you know, around the 19-minute mark. Mm. It, it gets very, very aggressive and it gets very well-worn by the end of it all, really. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I actually agree with you, Kendall. I think the slow pace is a build-up to a finale that does have a good payoff. Mm-hmm. And I think you're right. Even in the moment, and I've seen Cujo before, but even in the moment, you're like, okay, but when are they going to get to it? Yeah. You know, because I, I I know it's Donna and Tad in the car. You're like, okay, but when are they When are yeah. they going to do it? We, 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 we've got enough. But you're right. In hindsight, as an overall story arc, mm-hmm. I think it works really, really well. Yeah. And again, the film is around the 90-minute mark. It doesn't drag on for two hours or no, more. No. It would have suffered, I think, if it went longer. Oh, yeah. You know? Otherwise, yeah. you'd have to either stretch out them in the car. Yeah. And I don't know, the, the bits and flashes that we get of it. Because it's this waiting game. 
It is. Between beast and people. Yeah. Isn't it? It's it's so fascinating and isolated and yeah. do you think as well maybe just on the the dragging, the slow pacing. Yeah. Do you think maybe Vic took maybe a couple of beats too long to click as to where they were? Cuz I felt maybe in a couple of like I was so like oh, finally. Yes. <laughs> he's, like that moment when he takes off in his car and just zooms and yeah. he's heading for them. I'm like, "Yes, he's yes. finally there." I feel like maybe he could have clicked slightly earlier or something could have clicked into place, but yeah. with the way that was handled, but I, I think, it, I think it could, if we went earlier, that would have still worked perfectly yeah. fine. Yeah. I suppose the decision that they've gone with is because he is just so fixated on the affair. And That's for true. him, it is the most logical That's true. It's kind of blinding reason. him to what yeah. might be actually happening. Yeah. And yeah. because we've had Steve come in and vandalize the, the house, house. Yeah. that's where the... It's thrown. Yeah, that's where it is. Because, I mean, for him, he's kind of like, you know, when he's not in town, has she run off with him maybe? Yeah. That, yeah. that could have been the thought. That's why yeah. she's not picking up the phone. Yeah. I have to go there. Yeah. Oh, hang on. I've gone. Yeah. Someone's been in my house. I know who it is. It has yeah. to be him. Yeah. Uh, so, because, you know, we've got the damaged photo of Donna mm. in the bedroom there. Mm-hmm. So then harm is being made. So I feel like maybe you, you could connect the dots all in one scene, but they do break it up. They do break it up quite yeah. a bit. Yeah. Perhaps that would run the risk of being a bit Scooby-Doo. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. yeah if, if, it, you know, if they get there too quick, you don't, it's yeah. unrealistic maybe. Yeah. yeah. And what it also does, I suppose, is it makes us as an, as an audience a bit more anxious. Like, Vic, mm. hurry up yeah. and go. Yeah. Hurry and up. I think I will commend the film for doing that. Yeah. Because especially if you're doing horror that's apart from scaring your viewers, if that's what your intent is, mm. making them anxious yes. puts them in such a different kind of mood and oh. creates this whole other atmosphere. Absolutely. Hitchcock you, was the best at it. This is master of suspense. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's a similar kind of thing here, just building that up. Like, oh my god, there's they've been in the car for like three days. Yes. Now. When are they gonna? Like, how are they even? It's just there's so much going on, and you. So I think maybe that's my relief where my relief came yeah. in when Vic finally clicked and yes. got in the car. I was just like, oh, yes. Okay, we're finally, it's over. They're finally going to be, you know, maybe they're going to be saved. Maybe things are going to be okay. Yeah. Like, you know, but it was, did a very good job about building the tension, building the anxiety of the situation. One thing that I do like is that we've got the man coming to the rescue. However, he doesn't rescue if that makes sense. No, no, you that's you, you're, you're absolutely right. That's such a good point. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he, he's, he's vital in it yeah, because yeah. he has a vehicle <laughs> to get, yeah. to get Tad and Donna can, to, to a hospital. Yes. But in saying that she's got a working phone in that house. And so, you yeah. know, it, we could argue mm. Vic's not needed perhaps in this final bit. Yeah. Yeah. But he's needed on a more emotional level mm-hmm. because we see in that final moment Donna just needs someone to take the boy. <laughs> she needs to yeah. rest. You know, that woman need, need, needs some medical attention. I thought she was going to drop him for oh, a second. It felt, it was she was so... probably so close oh, yeah. to doing that. No, ha- not, not because of any uh, emotional or moral reason. It no. Just been no strength. No, absolutely. No I strength. mean, they were on limited water. They were boiling in that car. They hadn't eaten in three days. Yeah, absolutely. Fresh air is, well, take that at your own risk <laughs> just by rolling down yeah, the window. Yeah. You know, we've got shattered glass around mm-hmm. you and, and, and door handles falling off. And yeah. it's, yeah, it's the stakes are so high. Yeah. And once we do get into that second half, not only are the stakes high, but they just increase and increase oh, at a rapid speed. They do. It's crazy. Yeah. It, yeah. yeah, it really is. It uh, really, really if, is. If you want to say that, okay, for some audience members and critics perhaps might argue that the first half goes at a leisurely pace, mm. you can't say that about the second half at all. 
No, 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 no. And I, yeah, I, I do like what you said about Vic not really being needed because mm. whilst, yeah, he does come right at the film's conclusion yeah. with, with this vehicle to take them away and, you know, and maybe a, a glimmer of it's over, it's, they're safe. Yes. But Donna was the one that killed Cujo. She did. She, she absolutely did it. Yeah. And when she reached breaking point, mm. she was limping, she was exhausted, she was worn. But what does she do? She redeems herself yeah. as a protector yes. by going out yes. and picking up that baseball bat. Yes, <laughs> yes. And they really, I think they, the filmmakers really subverted the expectations on that mm. because, because you know, as you said, like the man's coming to yes. the rescue. And so your, your brain's automatically going, okay, so Vic's going to rock up and take care of the whole thing. Showdown because that's what he does. He, that's what he does. That's, that's what, what he does. And especially that's how Tad sees him. Yes. And then here we have his mother stepping up and they just show us her taking charge her using the bat and then using the gun yeah like just i just really it was so powerful and it really yeah it it did wonders for donna's character yeah and i love you know the irony of that although that when donna really did step up to the plate (laughs) tad was unconscious so he'll never know (laughs) it's a bit of a cruel twist isn't it a little bit of a cruel (laughs) twist a little bit yeah but i'm glad they didn't kind of yeah. Drag that out. No, no. That's, yeah. that's kind of just an afterthought for people like us who dissect true, the film. Yeah. True. But yeah, that's, that's funny. Oh, Donna. Yeah, well, speaking of Donna, she's played by the wonderful oh, Dee Wallace. Yeah. So a lot of movie buffs will know Dee Wallace as the mum from E.T., Yes, well, that's that's where I I grew up with her watching ET. Absolutely, we all grew up. She was again the ideal perfect mum, wasn't she? She's I love her in ET. Oh, absolutely her wonderful. Her performance is wonderful, yeah. and she's such a good good mother in that. I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And well, ET is actually quite a uh, a strange title on her filmography because mm. it's filled with a lot of horror movies yeah. and horror titles. And in the late seventies and early eighties, she was a bit of a scream queen, really. Yes, she was. Uh, probably not one of the more acknowledged ones really we don't really think of her as much you know obviously jamie lee curtis is the one that we all go to and you know and some other women as well but Mm -hmm. d wallace is definitely up there Mm -hmm. so the second movie that she made was wes craven's the hills have eyes in 1977 supporting role in that Mm -hmm. but it was her introduction really to the genre of pure horror Mm. she'd done the howling in 1981 Mm -hmm. was the mum in crittos in 86 and has done quite a few scary movies along the way Mm -hmm. Um, one of the more famous recent ones is a remake of halloween in 2007 yeah but overall thoughts of Dee Wallace's yeah. Donna yeah well I just want to mention as well that one of my favorite films just in in the genre of horror and with her in it would be The Frighteners yes Peter Jackson's yeah. film and yeah. she's com- her character in that is completely different <laughs> to to this to Donna and completely different to uh, her character in E.T. I love um, that yeah but I, lo- I yeah, adore yeah. I've, I've definitely always been a fan of Dee Wallace that's for sure so I was really glad to finally see her in, an, in a new film and experience yeah. a different aspect of her range yeah i really love her i love the way her her soft spoken way yeah. is kind of juxtaposed by her like her screams and her yes. cries and her anger and yes. i just i really love that kind of 
balance that she has in the way she carries herself and her performance. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. She's great. Yeah. I Again, I really love the character of Donna because yeah. of how flawed she is, how yeah. much depth there is to her. Mm-hmm. And similar to what she said, you know, when she's repentive, she, she's quite soft-spoken. She's mm-hmm. clearly a really loving mother and mm-hmm. loves Tad very much. She does, yeah. I feel like that she's still actually quite troubled by having an affair because oh, she's... She sees that Vic is Mr. Perfect, so she's reflecting on well, what's wrong with me type yeah, thing. Yeah, and you see, I feel like you get that completely with her decision to to end it with Steve. Yeah. And and then when she, you know, finally comes clean yeah. um, to Vic. You that know, was a beautiful she, moment, wasn't it? Was it was a beautiful moment. Yeah. And it felt so real and I, and just complex in the way mm. that she's, she's admitted it. And she knows... She's not begging for his forgiveness no. fully or anything, but she just the acknowledgement of her yes. her sins in this situation. I just and well done. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly, and especially when we see how they are positioned. She's on the floor on her hands and knees. Yeah. Yes, cleaning up a mess. Yeah, one could argue a mess she got herself into. <laughs> Very much <laughs> with Vic entering the house and standing over her, essentially. But he's not aggressive. He's not angry at all it's a yes or no <clears throat> he's a dream guy yeah seriously. absolutely is the perfect man mm-hmm. if, if one exists it is vic trenton like let's I be agree. honest yeah absolutely mm-hmm. he's mr perfect yes. but donna's complexity is just wonderful and d wallace is just fantastic yes. in it yes i love the way that she pushes steve away when he is aggressive that moment just before Vic returns home and he is touching her inappropriately. He's kissing, he's forcing himself onto her Mm -hmm. and she resents him doing this Mm. primarily because it is in her home. Mm, So she's carrying the guilt of if I'm going to be unfaithful, it's not in my home. Why? Because we have this expectation. We have the presentation of this perfect family life Mm -hmm. it cannot be tarnished there's a lot in this film recurring really about what looks good and then what really lies beneath Mm -hmm. it is introduced very early on in this movie with Vic's ad that Mm. he has created nothing wrong here yeah which is proved false yeah. when something goes wrong with his the cereal that he's done the campaign for mm-hmm. but that's a that's a theme threaded throughout the whole film it is nothing wrong here it may as well be the tagline of the film absolutely yeah, yeah. let's look beyond the surface though let's look deeper mm-hmm. there's a lot going right. on here absolutely yes but yeah d wallace i agree with you it's just absolutely wonderful yeah. in this. I yeah. love the character. I love her performance. 100%. She's got a very homely, motherly look to her yes. and smashes it. She does. Again, appearance, expectations versus reality. It's yeah. a really clever performance, very well tuned, I feel. Yeah, yeah. And that's and that scene again with with Steve and resist like she resists. Yeah. I love the fact that a lot of people in that situation, you know, if they're cheating. They're cheating for a reason. Absolutely right. But she's she's sticking to her decision. Yes. of what she wants to do right by Vic and and by Tad and mm. and you know try and salvage this family that she you know she has and so far they don't know. And, no. And but I just love the fact that she doesn't succumb to temptation in that no. moment and she sticks to her guns. Absolutely. And, and maybe like you said, it has it even has something to do with the fact that he's attacked her. Yeah. In the home, in the yes. family home. 
it makes you also wonder what would have happened if that scene had taken place at his apartment. Yeah. Like when she initially rejected. Yeah. Would she have succumbed to him then? Yeah. It's, like, it's, you feel that perhaps she would have yeah, maybe. maybe and said, yeah. okay, one last time. Yeah. But, you know, we've talked about how Donna is not really presented as the protector, I suppose, as much as Vic is. Mm. But in that moment, she is protecting the family yes, is. from yes. sin, if you yeah. like, yeah. from wrongdoing, from, her mistakes. from evil, from her mistakes. Yeah. She's brought this into the home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she wants it out. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so clever. It is very good, It is it? really clever. Mm-hmm. And we know that not everything is perfect because... I don't know if you picked up on this, Kendall, because I've seen Cujo a few times and this is the first time I've noticed it. Okay. Is when the three are having the family dinner. And mm. it's that moment when Tad goes to turn on the TV and they're like, no, leave it off. And, mm. you know, Vic does that mention of, well, I guess we've run out of things, things to say. Things yeah, marriage. Yeah, to talk yeah. about. Mm-hmm. You know, it's wonderful. And then, of course, Tad does a beautiful homage to Jaws. Yes. So extra points to you, Tad. Yes. This yes. is why we love you as a character. <laughs> raised on Jaws, you're raised right. Yes. But before that whole scene starts, we zoom into the house and through windows or French doors, we see three separate panels. So even though they're at the same table, they are divided. And that's how we enter this scene. Oh, I missed that. That's so good. As I said, first time I've noticed it, but I've gone, that is very clever framing. They even did that in that, not to like, like change no, the thing for a second, but they even did that in the start of the film. Right. Where with the, the way the shadows fell into Tad's room, right. the giant black block oh, that wow, so covered did, the closet door. See, I didn't even notice that. Yeah. 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 I love that. Part of me was wondering, I was looking at, because they linger on it for a few seconds, and I was wondering if it was just the door had opened by itself again. Yeah. And it was just blackness because of the way the light was in the room. But it just looked to me like it was just a big black. Absolutely. Shadow that just came down upon it. And it yes. just, you know, when you're a child in that yeah. situation, shadows are evil. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yes. And we can see why Tad runs from the door <laughs> where the light switch is to, yeah. to the bed. As you were saying before, Kendall, you did that as a child. So did I. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. We all did that. Yeah. yeah. But the cinema, so the cinematography and the direction combined in this film is yes. just, is very well done in, in, especially in those two scenes. Yeah, I think so. And very, I think yeah. as well, like, you know, with with horror movies oh yeah based on a Stephen King novel yeah whatever we, we kind of know what we're getting mm-hmm. I think a lot of care and effort has been made to just add these little extra layers so into too. it yeah. so I think it's really well done it's very effective yeah we've talked a little bit or a lot really about Young Tad mm. <laughs> played by Danny Pintoro yes if I just say brilliant is that enough yeah. or is that really not doing the boy justice oh I, I don't know what else we can say just yeah. because I'm I'm so impressed and but then at the same time, I he was so traumatized. Yeah. Poor Tad. Like those scenes in the car. So affecting. Oh my God. I was so concerned for him and not just for Tad, but for Danny as well. <laughs> right. Because okay. I, he clearly is so young and yeah. to be put in this, even if it's all fake, it's his acting. Yeah. I mean, he's very genuine in his, in his performance. It's so authentic, it's isn't so he? It's so authentic, yeah. but, but to the point where I was afraid for Danny. Right. Just yeah. Just because I, I was like, that's... That's a lot. <laughs> that's, that's a big response. That's a lot for this poor kid to go through. And then the fact that he effectively dies or like, you know, falls unconscious for towards the end and, you know, he has to be, yeah. you know. Oh, it's, it's just, it's so, it's so powerful. And yeah, the way that he pulled this off to be so authentic because yeah, especially 
child stars. Yeah. Hit and miss. You have a lot of great ones. You also have some ones that are, you know, not as, you know, you know, authentic, I suppose, or convincing in their performances Mm. and especially in horror films. Yeah. But here, for some reason, he just really, he's, he's fantastic. There is such a wonderful natural talent Mm -hmm. about him. Mm. Even those really early scenes when, Donna and Vic come to his his aid because he's been screaming yeah. uh, because of the monster in the closet. Just the the dialogue exchange, it feels so natural it and does. authentic. Yeah. There's just mumbling and a little bit of talking over each other and repeating words and things like that. Mm-hmm. It is played so beautifully. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So yeah, Danny um, Pintoro is best known for his work in Who's the Boss, the TV series. Oh no way! So he was the, the regular there playing Jonathan Bauer in that. Oh. Um, so he was a child, yeah, he was a child star, Uh, you know, didn't, hasn't really done much as an adult, but that's what he's known for. But Cujo's his first film and what an incredible introduction into cinema, but no surprise why he went on to being a successful uh, sitcom Yeah, uh, because he is just absolutely outstanding. Everything about his performance is perfection. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He's very smart for his age. Mm. I do kind of like that when (laughs) authors do a little nod to that and make children a bit smarter, I suppose, than they normally would be. But when we also look at Tad's home life, he's surrounded by adults. The yeah. whole way through. Yeah. He doesn't, you don't ever get a scene no. of him with like his school friends no. or the friends at this, the summer park camp yeah. or any of that. Like the only time you ever see him interact with another kid is with Brett. Yes. And they don't know each other at all. So there's no. barely any kind of connection between no. them. And especially because they're come from, coming from two different classes. Yes. And Brett's also older. And Brett is a bit older. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, the, it's still going to be a bit of a nurturing role. Yeah. Um, the time that we really see had mostly like at his uh, summer day camp is uh, a moment just before Vic goes to pick him up and yeah we see him sort of playing off but he leaves the kids to do some finger painting yeah. to actually do an activity by himself yeah, yeah. we know he's creative because mm-hmm. again he's a very uh, smart child mm. also probably his creativity links that he is taking after his father yes. as a creative person and mm-hmm. somebody who is sensitive and strong, yeah. so the future is bright for Tad. I mm-hmm. would suppose <laughs> he yeah, comes from a, so. a, a loving family. Well, you know, on the surface at least, yes, uh, nothing is all perfect. But maybe he's the one that does bring them together again. I think so, yeah. Um, I, I yeah, I can't say enough about Denny Pintoro's performance. Mm. I just think it's magnificent. Yeah, that second half mm. where he is traumatized, and I'm not going to lie. Sometimes when I watch films and children are crying and screaming for an extended period of time, I'm just like, oh, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) You know, when you're on a crowded train (laughs) and there's a crying baby, like we've all been there. Yeah, yeah? we've all been there. I never get a moment of that because I'm like you. I am so invested Mm. in this child's Mm -hmm. survival. Oh, yes. And he's got those moments where he's hyperventilating. He's struggling to breathe. It looks like he has died. He's just limp. The makeup effects are amazing. They're really good, huh? Yeah, for for like just not not only on on the people but on Cujo as well. Oh well, yeah, but yeah, yeah, but in the car we can see the dehydration. Yeah. We can see the weakness. We can see the suffering. It's so well it's done. It's very effective yeah. across the board. I, I yeah I cannot speak well enough about about Danny's performance here. Mm-hmm. Daniel Hugh Kelly played Vic. Yep. And I have to say I don't really know much about Daniel Hugh Kelly no. as an actor. No, but if I. this is the only thing he's known for. 
what a great thing to be known oh, for. Oh, well, yeah. He gives a lovely understated performance yeah. throughout this entire thing. Oh, I just love it. It's, yeah, again, really sensitive. It's a beautiful depiction of masculinity. Yes. And one that is rare. And not only in the horror genre, let's be honest. Yeah, very in, true. And this was made in 83. Mm. We had action men. We had heroes. All mm. of these things. Vic is an everyday man, but is what I would like to consider true masculinity, true manhood. He is loving. He is sensitive. He is strong. He has his own weaknesses. Mm -hmm. He has his own fears. He has his own doubts. Mm. He's really caring. Mm -hmm. He is an incredibly fully fleshed out character. And for a horror movie, this is his level of depth and development considering he's not the protagonist of this story, No, no. but he's given so much depth. Yeah. Yeah. You know? and, yeah. I, and I don't think it's just to enforce Donna as somebody who is making a lot of mistakes and, you know, cause sometimes when you've got like two characters, one who is like absolute perfection and one who is flawed, sometimes Mr. Perfect is only there to reiterate the flaws of somebody else. Mm. But I don't feel like Vic is that in this film. I don't think he's there to reiterate that Donna has messed up. We get it. (laughs) And she gets it too, because the character is so well written. And as we've said so many times, Dee Wallace plays the role so well. Yeah. Yeah. We had some more more supporting characters. Um, Christopher Stone, who ended up marrying Dee Wallace, Uh, (laughs) played Steve Kemp. Um, Again, not much to the character. The supporting characters, I think, serve more to elevate our central three characters yes, here and yes. to give them depth. But look, I liked Christopher's performance. I, I did think, too. You know, it served its purpose. Yeah. He didn't have a lot to do, but he did He did well with it. I think so too. I felt yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Ed Lauder, as we said, was just really, really strong mm-hmm. as Joe, yeah. I think. He is that typical person who you just go, oh, you're going to get it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, if someone's going to die in this film, it's you. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. And mm-hmm. these characters, I think, are just wonderful at depicting the gender representation in this film. Gender is so strong in this movie. Yeah. Because masculinities and femininities are so diverse and mm-hmm. so broad here. Mm-hmm. Again, not very common in a 1980s horror movie. No. Yeah, it's really well. This goes back to Stephen King's writing. Like, th- these, are, these are his characters. Yeah. And w- Stephen King has a lot of familiar tropes in domestic settings Mm. and he does put a lot of effort into fleshing out people within family units if you've read his work or seen his other film adaptations particularly how he depicts children oh yeah yeah, especially and their relationships to either older children Mm -hmm. or adults Mm -hmm. he's it's a recurring thing for stephen king and it's not a bad thing no 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 yeah we've touched upon a little bit in terms of Tad's fate. Mm-hmm. And Kendall, you weren't sure where Tad was going to go no. in this one. Mm-hmm. So was there a point that you thought that Tad had actually died? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the in the car in the car when he was sprawled across the back. Yeah. Um, I honestly thought Yeah, he was he was done for. It was, you know, it was it was crunch time you yeah. know it was it, the climax is happening and yeah and and poor donna's in this just incredibly difficult situation mm. but then you know she knows what she has to do you know i think doesn't she say like not my boy not my yeah boy. absolutely yeah 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 or she's like i'm losing my boy or losing, something. i'm losing yeah. my boy i'm not losing my boy and then yeah but then the especially when she brought him inside i was literally screaming on the inside and i said <laughs> chest compressions <laughs> cpr like she, 
she took it forever to do actually do any proper like yes, medical or anything. Because the him. intention was we need to get him hydrated, yes. we need to cool his body yes, down. Yes, the water helps. The water is yes. water is good. Water is smart. But then I was like, oh come on, <laughs> go for the chest. Um, but I was so worried, and especially because of the way he was. The, the poor thing was reacting to this, those the situations yeah. physically with the hyperventilation. Yes. He almost looked like he was not having a seizure, but you know what I mean? Absolutely. Just, uh, the, the trauma, his body physically was... It's through. confronting. It's, it was so confronting, which is why I, I just wasn't sure if he was going to live. And then I, th- I really did think maybe Donna was, wasn't going to... Yeah. She was going to bleed out and then Vic would arrive and... A little too, little too little, late type yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. But I'm kind of glad that neither of them died because yeah. I feel like the ending of the film, the tone would have changed of it, I think, a bit. Yeah. But I think it's I think it's more important that they survive. Well, yeah, because we've had this such strong investment at the beginning. It's yeah. the payoff for the audience. Yeah. So this then fascinates me because Stephen King has been critical of some of the adaptations of his work. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hello, The Shining. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know? most notoriously. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. He actually likes this version of Cujo and has called it terrific. Oh, that's good. So I mention this because it actually surprises me because the film adaptation changes the ending. Oh, does it? From the original text. Oh, no way. Okay. Yes. So in the original book, yeah. when Donna has taken Tad into the house yep. to revive him mm-hmm. and Vic does also arrive at the point that he arrives. Yes. But Tad dies in the original text. <gasps> yes. Oh, oh, no. Yep. So oh, that's sad. When, when Vic finally catches up with them, it's to discover that his son has died. Oh, yes. that's so sad. So for Stephen King, this is a, a really conscious decision yeah. to end the life of one of the main characters. Yeah. So it surprises me that he gives Cujo his stamp of approval. Yeah. Because it's so significant. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It wasn't a lot of distance between publish and, and, Film, and, and being no. made, you know. Yeah. But maybe he's reflected that, yeah, look, it's a terrific adaptation. He said this, I was reading an interview that he had done in 2014, so okay. a long time after the movie had been made, over 20 years. Yes. Uh, so, But he can reflect on it that, you yeah, know, it was actually a good adaptation. You, you've answered my next question, though, really, Kendall, about, yeah. you know, if they'd stuck with the original. Yeah, you're right. Tonal shift. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. You walk away from the film feeling a lot differently, don't you? Yeah, yeah. And how... I feel like that would just make those scenes in the car that more... And then I feel like if you're re-watching it, knowing the outcome, you would just be crying out to the screen like, do something different. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. You know, fight harder, get out of the car, get to the house, like scream for the police officer when he arrives. Like that police officer annoyed me too. Why? He was about to radio in and then he heard a noise. I'm like, you still radio it in, buddy. Like, what are you doing? No wonder you died anyway. Um, but yeah, but this, but finding out that this is the original ending is also does surprise me that Stephen King is a fan of this adaptation because mm. yeah, especially he's known for divisive endings. Yes, um, in his works and in terms of you know at the adaptations from book to screen. Yeah. So uh, unless for maybe for his money, maybe the outcome of of Tad living or dying wasn't essential to the story he was trying to tell. Quite possibly. So maybe yeah. that's why he's viewing it as, as an okay thing. But I, for me, I think I'm glad he lived in the film because yeah, I would have bawled my eyes out. I think if yeah. Tad had died because he's a beautiful character as we've talked about. Yeah. I, I'm so happy that he does survive. Yeah. 
in the film. I've read the novel as well. Oh, you have? And okay. Yeah, and I have to say, look, overall, if we're doing a comparison, the novel is better than okay. the movie. Okay, sure. Well, that's, but yeah. it's, that's almost always, isn't it, almost really? Almost always, um, yes. Because King just writes so beautifully mm-hmm. and even in some elements writes from the perspective of Cujo, so you really do oh, have this wow. sympathy uh, for the character. We get it for Cujo here as well, though. We do, yeah. We've got, really, when we look at it, Cujo is an innocent Mm-hmm. And Tad is an innocent. Yeah. And the fact that one does not survive because, let's face it, he can't. No. Not in this story. No, and no, he no. wouldn't anyway, no, like no. in the long term. But Tad is at least given this second chance. And we emphasize so much that Tad has fears. Mm. He survived this. He can now survive anything. Yeah, you know that's true. Traumatized, absolutely. Mm-hmm. We'll need therapy. The absolutely. whole family will. Well, yeah. Even some of us audience members after this. <laughs> uh, but we can say that we really have faith, or at least I do, that Tad will be stronger because of this. Yes. And also the family will be stronger because oh, of this. Oh yes, and in terms of the the ending, while I I have maybe slight issues with the abruptness of it right okay just yeah very cut off a bit too soon maybe for me but just i do i do like the fact that it i feel you feel that just you, without even any dialogue or mm. anything because it's just it's just vic rocking up and yeah getting to them and holding them for a moment you just go okay well he vic has arrived to see you know his wife who is yes cheated on him yeah but she's <laughs> <laughs> she's looking the worst she's ever looked and been yes. through an un- unspeakable trauma uh, and with her son nearly dying and everything I think that's one of those moments that strengthens you as a family yeah that kind of goes I no I I can forgive you if you've now been through this yes you I, I don't deserve no you know you don't deserve my judgment is yeah what I'm trying to say. and also they have that moment when Vic's about to drive off to go on his work trip where she's like, look, I'm sorry, mm. I can't pretend it never happened. Mm. And he says the same, he goes, well, I can't either. Yeah. Uh, so they've at least started this dialogue. Mm. And also, he still obviously cares for her a lot. He does. Because he's concerned about her as much as he's about Tad. Yeah. When he thinks that Steve has kidnapped them and things like that. He, there's yeah. no point he just says, I only want my son. He's, yeah. he's concerned. And that was fascinating too, when he finally arrives, he only calls out for Donna. Yeah, this is true actually. Which was which was kind of interesting to me. I was usually, yeah. you know, usually in these kinds of scenes, yeah. it's, it's your wife and your kid's name that you call for. Yes. But he only called for Donna. Yeah, because and I suppose it's like, well, where there's one, there will be the other. That makes sense as well. Perhaps Vic has faith that but, Donna yeah, is protecting Tad, Tad yeah. regardless of what's happened. That's true, yeah. So, yeah. again, I guess cutting back then to the, to the mechanics yard mm-hmm. there. This film is so layered. It's blowing my mind discussing yeah, it with you yeah, today, Kendall. It's know. amazing. It's you awesome. Know? It's um, very good. Yeah. So... Look, it's a cult classic today, yeah. uh, and I can see the appeal. <laughs> I think yeah, it's, me it's, too. It's, it's, you know, look, it's a fun horror movie in the yeah. elements, but it's got so much depth. It's so good. Yeah, and again, that second act is pure mm. horror movie storytelling 101. That's yeah. how you do it, I yes, think. Yes, I agree. Um, how do you think it holds up? How does it compare to, say, other movies where we've got person versus beast? So obviously, first thing I think of is my all-time favorite movie, which is Jaws. Jaws yeah. <laughs> you know, and look. Don't roll your eyes at me, but yes, I could even draw some comparisons how we've got people in a confined space. In Jaws, it's a boat. Here, yeah. it's a car. Yeah. A beast is attacking every now and then. Yeah, yeah, and I could go yeah. on and on and on. You could go on and on and on. 
But I will not. But Cujo itself, obviously, is is no Jaws. And there are better creature features where it's, you know, man and woman versus beast. Mm -hmm. But I hold this up there. I think it's really good. I think it's intelligent. Yeah, it's very intelligent. Um, I... I mean, personally, I don't usually go for the the man versus beast type films. Right. It's not really my my go to genre, uh, with the exception of Jaws. Yes. Because Jaws is Jaws. Free, free Jaws. <laughs> yeah. Like, hello. But yeah, in, in terms of that, I mean, I think it's, it's it is yeah very effective. And while humans are, because it's such a fascinating study of like you know humans are the the dominant species on the yeah. earth, you know, at the top of the food chain. But you have you can still get them in these situations with nothing to defend themselves with or, you know, little strength. And if there's a, a creature that's just slightly power, more powerful than them, then, hmm. then their lives are over. Yeah, ended. absolutely. And this is a St. Bernard. Yes. You know, and for me, <laughs> it's so funny because for me, growing up, I'm a big fan of the Beethoven movies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> absolutely love those films. Uh, as cheesy and as, as family orientated as yeah. they are. They're fun. They're fun. They're cute. The first two especially. The I first, the, yeah, well, the first two of the two I, I adore through and through. But... I've ne- because of Beethoven, I've never found St. Bernard's threatening <laughs> or imposing or, or, or scary. Like when the movie started, I was like, oh, it's St. Bernard, always chasing after the rabbit. Oh, I don't care who wins. <laughs> they're both adorable and cute and they're so cuddly and fluffy. Like I just, but then, and then, and then I realized, oh, that's Cujo. <laughs> I love that. Okay. But, but the, what were you saying earlier with the, the makeup effects yeah. and the way he transforms over the film? It's incredible. It's very incredible Gosh. and very effective. And it, yeah, by the end, I am I'm not 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 terrified to say. But like, if I was in that if I was in that situation, I would be I would be petrified. Oh yeah, absolutely. And especially because I love those wider shots of Cujo up against the car. Yes. He from ground to roof can put his paws up on top of the thing. Absolutely. And he looks like a monster. He really does. They really drive yeah. that home very yes. effectively. And yeah, and I so I like I was saying I just really love the way that they can shift the, you know, humans as the, this all powerful egotistical species yeah, that we are. Absolutely. And, and you know, have this one thing go wrong and everything changes, the dynamic changes between man and beast and very instinct to survive yes, from both parts really absolutely yeah. yes and i yeah I, it's very fascinating i think this film handles it very very well yeah mm. and if we're comparing it to other stephen king adaptations mm. so this one's a bit hard because you know i'm talking a lot about for myself how like clever and and well layered this movie is yes and in terms of horror movies in terms of you know man versus beast like i think it's up there in terms of Stephen King adaptations, though, probably not the strongest of stories. Okay. Because I'm comparing it to well. The Shining. <laughs> yeah. I'm comparing it to Misery. Misery. <laughs> I'm comparing it to The Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, yeah. To Stand By Me. Yeah. To The Green Mile. Yeah. To Carrie. God. So preaching. This, <laughs> I love this, it. Yeah, this is the thing. It's a list. It, it is a, it is a list. list. And I think... <laughs> Pretty much all of those movies are stronger than this one. No, yeah, they are. And they also are. we've got the big screen adaptation of It. I have to throw that out there as oh, well. Absolutely. You know, and I'm sure there's plenty others that are just not coming to mind. So it's interesting, though, that when you go, well, if we're ranking Stephen King movies, it's probably towards the bottom of the list. Yeah. Really. Yeah. That does not mean it's a bad film no, at all. No, it just no. shows you how great 
King is as a storyteller yes. because these films are being made from this original source. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Kendall, this is your first time watching Cujo and mm-hmm. you do enjoy Stephen King movies. I do. Yeah. Do you think this will be one that you'll probably go back to at some stage? Definitely. Yeah, think yeah. so? I'm definitely going to watch it again. Yeah. Lovely. Well, mm. what a great segue then. <laughs> your final thoughts and a score out of five. I love this moment. Um, As a horror fan, I knew Cujo existed. Mm. I just never had the opportunity to actually sit down and watch it. And it's always referenced in pop culture as the the classic kind of the cult classic that it is the the iconic beast like you know if you ever see a, a dog in a film that misbehaves <laughs> it gets the nickname Cujo yeah. like it's such a yeah it's such a great thing I think like that to have that kind of recognition but unfortunately I never got around to watching it but I'm so happy that I now have seen it and I don't know if it was if I had low expectations going in but I was just so impressed mm. like I feel like this film deserves a bit more love and recognition than mm. it gets I mean yes you're right it's mm. not as good as as The Shining <laughs> as Missouri as Shawshank as The Green Mile like we could again go Gold. on and on yeah. um that's an incredible, you know, filmography uh, of adaptations from the legend that is Stephen King. Yeah. But the fact that you have this story and I just, I love the way it's been turned into this beautiful film. And that the fact that it's a horror film, not like other horror films. Yeah. And a, and a creature feature, not like other creature features of the ones that I've seen anyway. It's, it's there's something very human about it um and it's so much more than a simple mm-hmm. rabid dog killing people story yeah. i and i love i love when horror films deliver layers like that and because that's why i'm so keen to watch it again one day because <laughs> yeah. i just i got so much out of it and the fact that you were able to pick up on more on your third rewatch of this yeah, after so many years as well like it's impressive and I think it speaks to the level of storytelling and filmmaking mm. and performances from these incredible actors yeah I mean I only I had only ever heard of Dee Wallace as I, I mentioned earlier and but this entire cast is yeah they're, they're all very good and mm. I just I don't know I, I, I love this story it's so effective it's powerful and if I'm gonna give it a score I think it'll be a four out of five yeah yeah <laughs> Kendall, you and I are on the same page mm-hmm. of this adaptation. Boom, boom. Yeah. <laughs> yes. See what I did there. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, I yeah I I really like this movie a lot. It's funny when I watch it, no matter how many times I've seen it, I do sometimes go, okay, let's get to it now. Yeah, <laughs> Even yeah. though I know yeah. the story and yeah. I know the structure and I know who, what, where, when, why, and how. Yes. Uh, but I think it's also because it's so well structured that it's building this anticipation we slowly get Cujo depleting we see the deterioration of this marriage of this family Mm -hmm. and then our film switches gear and is in pure horror movie mode yeah it's look we could argue it's not as scary as a lot of horror movies are but when we've got Donna and Tad in the car we are in there with, with them. them oh 100 when we cut away to see what else is going on particularly through vic's point of view we feel safe mm-hmm. safe because we are through vic and we are waiting for him to come to a rescue or to at least find his family but we also are out of the car we are yeah. safe that way too <laughs> yeah. in an air-conditioned space yeah. <laughs> where there's free-flowing water <laughs> It's really cleverly done. I think that it's easy to fall into the trap of 
critiquing the pace of this film and like critiquing the momentum but it is so purposefully done and i agree with you as well kendall that it's a film i think that is greater appreciated when you stop go back and think about it Mm -hmm. and then break it up Mm. it's not very common that you get a horror movie especially one that is probably just dumbed down as a creature feature Mm -hmm. (laughs) really Mm -hmm. that makes you look back and break it down Mm. and and think about the complexities and the multi-layering of it yeah there's so many things that you can have a look at in here lewis tag is fantastic Mm. at directing this movie Mm -hmm. i think he's got such a wonderful eye the way it is framed the way he gets these performances yeah oh yeah yeah, out of these actors it's never overdone. No. It's never camp. It's never over the top. Mm-mm. It always feels genuine mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. real. And mm. that can be difficult when you're dealing with the subject matter that we're dealing with. Because mm-hmm. it can sound a bit silly on paper, but I believe everything in this movie. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. it's super authentic. Huh? It is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I love the score. I think it's so well scored. Mm. I love the way it's framed. The cinematography is fantastic. Yeah. For me, though, it really does come down to the performances. Yeah. It is just an incredibly acted movie. Yes. Dee Wallace, Danny Pintoro, Daniel Hugh, Kelly, absolutely outstanding. Mm-hmm. I will watch this family just sit at the table and eat breakfast for four hours. Like, yeah. I just think they are absolutely fantastic agreed yeah again when you're comparing it with other Stephen King adaptations it rates low that's not a reflection on the film no. it's just a reflection of how good Stephen King adaptations are for sure most of the time most anyway of the time, yes. I agree 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 Kendall <laughs> it's a very high 4 out of 5 for me yeah, as well lovely <laughs> nice Kendall, thank you so much for joining oh, me on thank this you. Halloween special. Thank you so much for letting me be a part of this. Oh, anytime. Well, hopefully we'll have you back soon. Hope but so. if not, mm. definitely next Halloween. <gasps> yes. yes. <laughs> My favorite holiday. Absolutely. Yes. So until then, I've been a Wayne Stellini. I've been a Kendall Richardson. And you've just experienced Fred, Fred Watch. Watch. Cue music. <laughs> Oh, Kendall, not you too. No, no. I just couldn't help myself. There's something missing. I wanted to give it a crack. I'll shut up with that. Love you, Phil. Love you too, buddy. How happy are you you didn't get to watch Cujo? Yeah. Over the moon. Over the moon. I'm happy to pass this one up. Yes. Yes, works out well for us and for me. Yes. And scene.